so I don't know how many of you guys actually know this, but I was recently married back in October of 2017. Yeah, here's a picture. A picture. Yeah, so that's my husband. His name's Brennan. He's super cute. And then we got our two doggies there. The big one's name is Harper, and the little one is Winston. That, thank you. Yeah, that's my little family. I love them so much. And uh, being married has been really, really awesome. Honestly, guys, like 10 out of 10 would recommend when you're a little older. It's super, super great. I love my husband. He's so good to me. But <laughs> um, you see, he has a cat. And don't get me wrong, I normally love animals, but this cat isn't just a regular animal. You see, he's part bangle. Part bangle means part wild. Like we're talking African safari. That's him. That's Meek. He eats more than I do. Um, he also talks more than I do, fun fact. Um, he has basically decided that he hates me, um, that I'm like Corella DeVille that moved into his house and stole all of his attention from his dad. And he really hates my little dog too. He's like the Wicked Witch of the West from like Wizard of Oz, like I'm gonna get you and your little dog too. Uh, so that's him, he hates me, and so he basically has devised a plan of three steps to get rid of me. Plan, plan one, step one, talk non-stop. He screams at the top of his lungs 24-7, and this isn't like a little cute meow, it's like meow, 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 yeah, it hurts, doesn't it? Yeah, it's not fun, and so that's what he does, 24-7. He can't even stop making noise long enough to eat, okay? He risks suffocation so that he can continue to yell at me as he's eating, okay? Step two of the plan, he has trained me. I haven't trained him, me, the human, being the top of the food chain. No, he has trained me. And so what he does is I must feed him by 8 o'clock every morning, no matter how badly I would like to sleep in, and I must be home every night by 6 o'clock to feed him, or he loses his ever-loving mind. If I do not feed him in time, he will punish me. For the rest of the week, this cat is so evil. Step three. He somehow made me allergic to him. I've never been allergic to cats in my life, but I'm allergic to this cat. My body rejects this cat, okay? And it's to the point where my eyes are constantly swollen and red, and I always look like I'm crying. And so, like, for the first six months of my marriage, everyone thought that it was in trouble. They're like, oh, sweetie, are you doing okay? Because I always looked like I was crying, and I wasn't. I'm just allergic to that cat. That cat. And so, if it were up to me, Kitty would have gone to a nice farm very long ago. But Brennan is attached to the cat, he loves it, and I quickly had to learn that no matter how influential, no matter how convincing I may be, he will not get rid of it. And unfortunately, I had to learn very quickly that I married Brennan and the man that he is, even his irrational love for demon cats. This wasn't like a build-a-bear workshop kind of thing for husbands. I couldn't just pick and choose which parts of him I wanted to marry and which parts of him I didn't. I got all of him, including this cat. <sighs> Oddly enough, now follow me here for a second, I feel like we might have the same feelings toward the Bible. Okay, so overall, we love it. We would never want to be without it. But there are some parts of the Bible we may pick and choose not to love so much. 
So for example, we love the part of the Bible that talks about how one day when we die, we'll get to go to heaven, spend forever in heaven with Jesus, and it's gonna be paradise. Like we're all on board for that. It's gonna be super, super great. But we aren't so crazy about the part of the Bible that talks about how we should be tithing. And the first 10% of whatever we make should go straight to God instead of spending it on like video games or clothes or whatever it may be. We are completely willing to go with the easy parts of the Bible, but we kind of tend to lose that tender, loving feeling for the hard parts. Then we talk about sinning and making the right choices. And so it's really important when kind of diving into the Bible to understand the history and the heart behind it. So the Bible contains 66 different books. So this is all 66 of them, and they were all written by 35 different writers, but had one overall author, which is God, okay? So 66 books, 35 different writers, and these men were all prophets or disciples or kings or even just regular people who really, really loved God. And they all wrote these books over many, many um, years, over many, many places to many, many different groups of people. And God used each person and their stories to help teach people like us about his son and his love for us. God didn't write the Bible with his actual hands, but every word in it we should treat as if it came straight out of the mouth of God because it was inspired by his Holy Spirit working through those people's lives. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. That sounds pretty important, right? Pretty important. It equips us for day-to-day life. Now, a lot of you guys might look at this Bible and think, "Mm, I don't know about that. Honestly, when I look at a Bible, I see a textbook. I feel like it's boring, it's outdated, it's not very relevant, and overall, it's just intimidating. But look at this little guy. That's not intimidating, right? Like, what's intimidating about that? You can put it in your pocket, right? I mean, the font is really small. Okay, I'll give you that. The font's small, the paper's thin, but overall, not that intimidating. Also, the Bible has something for everybody. Something for everybody, no matter what situation you're in, no matter where you are in life, there is something in this book for you. So, for example, let's say you're looking for a book in the Bible to read, and you go with 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel is an awesome book. I don't know how many of you guys like, like, war and, like, action movies. Any action movie fans in here? Yeah? If you're an action movie fan, this is the book for you. There are war. There are battles. There are gore and, like, all this crazy, crazy stuff. So in this book, you'll find a dagger. And this is actually one of my favorite books of the Bible is First and Second Samuel. I love these books. They're all about the story of David. And it's not just about war. Uh, there's also stories of love and passion and how God took this little tiny shepherd boy and anointed him and he became the future king of Israel. Those are two of my favorite books are First and Second Samuel. Let's say maybe more you're like a poetry kind of person. You really love poetry, you love music, you love lyrics. 
Psalms is the book for you. This book is filled with poetry written by these writers. And so when you open it up, you're gonna find some sweet candy because the Bible says that God's wisdom is sweet. And so this book is full of God's wisdom. And so it's full of like candy for your soul. It's super, super awesome. And then let's say maybe you're really, really into love stories. You love like the rom-coms, any romantic comedy girls in here and boys. Will, you should be raising your hand. Yeah, love those rom-coms. <laughs> Chick flicks. So, Mark, if you love great, great love stories, this book contains the greatest love story of all time, and it's about how Jesus Christ came down to earth to die on the cross for us because that's how much he loves us. So this is a great love story, one of the greatest of all times, better than the, like Twilight stuff. Who likes that? I don't know. <laughs> So there is truly something, okay, sorry, I was in middle school, I was a Twilight freak, whatever, people make fun of me for it all the time, so. Anyways, <laughs> so now we know this book has something for everybody, no matter who you are, in every single part of your walk with God. And so now that we know a little more about it, let's look at areas in our lives where maybe we might be misunderstanding it. One of the biggest ways that we can do this is what I talked about before, where we choose to pick and choose what we want to agree with and what we don't want to agree with. And guys, we tend to do this a lot, especially when it comes to our relationships. So the Bible instructs us to always surround ourselves with great people. And this is in 1 Corinthians 15, 33. It says, bad company corrupts good character. And so when I was your guys' age, I knew this verse. My parents threw it at me all the time. I had it memorized, I knew it. But I decided not to listen to it. I decided, I was like, you know what? I'm older, I'm mature, I can choose my own friends. I know what I'm doing. And in reality, I didn't. Because the people that I chose, some of them were pretty, pretty shady. Most of them didn't have a relationship with God. My friends at school were not close to God at all. And in turn, they were actually pretty awful to me. They were always tearing me down instead of building me up and making me into a worse version of myself. These were not friends at all, and these especially were not the kind of friends that God had picked out for me. And so, just like the verse said, whenever I was around them, their bad company was corrupting my good character, and I was allowing it to happen. I was disrespectful to my parents, my teachers, my grades dropped, my attitude got worse, and I began just letting them have way too much control and influence in my life, like I said. That verse was totally true. That bad company was corrupting my good character, even though I knew what the Bible was trying to tell me. So in life, we are faced with all kinds of different decisions, like, like who our friends are gonna be. That's a super big decision. Or like what school you're gonna go to, what extracurriculars you're gonna go out for, who you might date. Like these are all really, really big decisions that God has given us what is called free will to choose. So we, God doesn't force you to make the right decision. God does not tell you what you should do, what you shouldn't do. He has allowed you to figure that out by yourself. And this is really, really great. But when you have the wrong friends, it could go wrong pretty quickly. So let's say you guys are at the mall. I know that's what you all like to do, right? You like to go to the mall, you like to shop, you like to do all that good stuff. So you're at the mall with your friends and you see something you like. Maybe it's like a new pair of Ray-Bans, maybe it's a new video game, I know y'all like the Fortnite, but you don't buy that, right? It's free. 
It's free, so never mind, not Fortnite. Another video comes, do you guys still play rock band? No? Okay, that was so many years ago. Okay, <laughs> it's fine. But you see something you like, you wanna take it, but you don't have the money for it. Well, if you were friends with like the kind of people that I was back in middle school, they would have been like, you know what? You should just take it. No one's gonna notice, you're not gonna get caught. What's the big deal? Do it. Well, if your parents were there in the mall with you, they'd be like, nuh-uh, don't you do it. Don't be stupid, you're gonna get caught. And so your friends, they're like weighing like that in your decision-making process right about there. So right now you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna steal it. But then your mom and your dad's voice start coming into your head. And they're like, no, don't do it. So right now, about now, it's like weighing pretty equally in your decision-making process, or it should be, William, weigh equally. <laughs> and you're just, no, okay, it's, it's a broken scale. <laughs> so it's weighing equally in your process, right? You're like, ooh, what do I do? My parents would say no, my, parent, my friends say yes, what do I do? Well, you ask the Bible. Exodus 20:15 says, everyone read it out with me. You must not steal. So let's see what happens when we let the Bible weigh in in our decisions. Oh, it's going towards the Oh! Yeah. So do you think you should steal now? Probably not, right? God is so obviously against it. That's a terrible idea. Good call, Madeline. Thank you for not stealing in middle school. That would have been really bad. Okay, so next example. Let's say maybe, girls, you like a boy. Yeah, you got that boy in mind? You like that boy in mind? You got him, you like a boy, and you're like, ooh, he's super cute. He makes me smile. He gives me the butterflies, yeah? Yeah, but he's not a Christian. Okay. Well, you might ask your friends, you know what, he's really cute, what do I do? And they're like, girl, go for it, he hot, I like him, he'll take you to the dance, he'll take you to the dance, he'll go to lunch with you, it'll be great. So your friends are saying yes. And maybe then you go to your parents and you say, should I date this guy? And sometimes they'll say, yeah, I think you're mature enough, I think you can handle it. And you're like, but wait, he's not a Christian. And they might say, okay, well, I think it's okay, you can date him, I'm gonna allow it. Well. Let's see what the Bible says about it. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? So do you think God wants you to date the boy? He's not a Christian even though he's super, super cute? I don't know. Let's see what he says. Let's see what happens. Oh, he's going towards now. Oh, no, definitely make that go down. That needs to go down. There we go. Yeah. There you go. Thank you, Will. Everybody give it up for Will. So guys, no matter what, no matter what your friends say, no matter what your parents say, no matter what your sibling says, no matter what the world says, the Bible is the ultimate trump card, okay? It's huge, right? I'm really bad at that. Get it? Trump. Trump card. That's fine. Okay. So that, 
is the ultimate trump card. It doesn't matter what your friends say. It doesn't matter what your parents say. What matters is what the Bible says. And so you shouldn't steal. You shouldn't date that boy. There's a bunch of other stuff that you shouldn't and shouldn't do. It's all in there if you want to read it. It's really, really good. But the Bible is always the trump card and pulls the weight by far. It's as simple as that. And guys, in a world where nothing is set in stone or concrete, the Bible gives us clear boundaries that can protect us. Guys, sin will keep you from reading the Bible, but the Bible will keep you from sin. And so even though it is 2,700 years old, it is still so easily applicable in our daily lives. And it's because it is the living, breathing word of God that God wrote just for you just for you. He was thinking about you when he was putting those words in those writers' heads. And that's why you can't just go through it and pick and choose what you want to listen to, what you want to agree with, and what you don't. It's not how it works. Boys, that would be like you guys going to a football game and talking to your coach beforehand and being like, you know what? Coach, I really want to be able to tackle people. I think that's a great idea, but I'm not so into the Thing about like getting tackled myself. So if you could stop that from happening, if I could not be tackled, that would be great. That would be ridiculous, right? Like you're in the wrong sport, dude. And so that would be how ridiculous it is. And that is, you can't just change the rules at your own convenience. You can't just negotiate your own sin. You can't say, okay, God, I agree with the whole fact where like people can't lie to me, but I really feel like I should be allowed to lie to other people. You can't be like, okay, God, I agree with the part that talks about how we shouldn't kill each other. That's really great and all. But I don't like the fact that talks about how homosexuality is a sin. I don't agree with that. Guys, you can't pick and choose. That's not how it works. That's like a slap in the face to our God when you do that. In this world, honestly, it can be confusing. It can be tough. And a lot of you guys are dealing with things that you should not have to be at this age. And I am so Sorry for that. That sucks. It's awful. And it's so hard to make the right choices or even to know what the right choice should be when the world is tempting you every single place that you turn. But luckily, our God knew that this would be the case and he gave us the life manual that we are going to need in order to help us make the right choice. But then what happens when we don't? when we choose not to listen, when we do what I did when I was your grace's age and I ran the other direction, when I didn't listen to God and I ended up getting hurt, then what do you do? Well, again, you turn to his word and instead of God being like the rest of the world and saying, I told you so, why didn't you listen to me? You're an idiot, you deserve it. He's gonna reply with 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is all that you need. My power works best in weakness. Guys, we serve a good God that tries to help us through every stage of sin, and like any good father, he tries to lay down the law from the very beginning. He gives you the rules, he gives you the boundaries, he says, don't cross this line. But then, what do we do? Sometimes we cross it, right? Sometimes we think about it, we're like, ooh, I want to do this, I want to cross the line. And when we do, 
God gives us this funny feeling in our stomach that tries to stop us. A lot of people will call it a conscious. It's not, it's conviction, and it's from God, and he is trying to stop you because he's good and he doesn't want you to get hurt. And then sometimes we fall head first into it. We don't stop, we ignore what he says, and we fall head first into sin. Then where's our God? Well, he's standing there waiting anxiously for your return where he's, where he's gonna wrap you up in the softest, finest blanket of love and whisper to you, sin is no longer your master. Instead, you live under the freedom of my grace. Romans six fourteen. Guys, the Bible is so good and it is so important and it can help you so much throughout your life. You have no idea how much it will change your life if you just give it the chance to. And so now that we know how amazing it is, you might be wondering, well, how do I use it? How do I get it to tell me what to do? How does that work? Well, a lot of you guys might want to start with some kind of baby steps. Some of you in here will be like, I have never even tried to open that Bible. It scares me every time I do it. I've never read a, ver- a word out of it. I don't know where to start. Well, if that's you, the 4640 pastors would recommend that you start with what's called a Jesus calling. And what this is, is it's a devotional. So it has 365 pages, one for every single day that you open up and you read that page. So like today is July 25th. So you go in there and you read the page for July 25th. And it's basically a love letter from God to you. And you would be amazed by how relevant it is in that light and then that day and how much it will help you get through it. And it's all inspired by scripture that comes straight from here. So that's a great step. Another thing that you guys can do is you can download the YouVersion app. I know a lot of you guys have heard the 4640s pastors talking about it. That's because it's so awesome, guys. It goes straight on your phone, your tablet, your iPod, whatever it is, it's free. And it contains the entire Bible cover to cover. And what's really cool about it is one, it's free. Two, you can connect with your friends. So it has like a social media aspect on it where you can get on there with your friends and you can do a plan with them if you want to. You can like read where they've read that day and read their highlights and that kind of thing. You can also get connected with the 4640 pastors and see what they're reading and what they're highlighting. And so that's a great resource that you can have at the palm of your hand. And lastly, what I would recommend to you if you are a person where you have tried to read the Bible, but you opened it up and it really didn't make sense, you didn't like it, you didn't understand it, well, there's a resource that's called a Bible study. And what it is, is it's basically like um, a really, really in-depth study about a certain books of the Bible. So like one that I absolutely love that changed my life is by Beth Moore, it's called A Heart Like His. And it was on First and Second Samuel, and now those are my two favorite books of the Bible. And it's because it went through verse by verse everything that it says and what God is trying to tell you through it. And it's so, so incredible, so life-changing. And then you might be like, where do I start? This is a huge thing. Where do I start? 4640 pastors will tell you to start right here in Mark. And that's the, first, or the second gospel in the New Testament. And so it's all about Jesus and his story. And so you can start there and then read through the rest of the New Testament. And then you can ask a 4640 pastor to go uh, where to go from there. I would recommend First and Second Samuel, Genesis, Exodus. Those are such good books. I love them. They're so good. So those are some tools that you guys can utilize to help um, make the, easy, the Bible super, super easy and applicable to your life and fit into your lifestyle. So whatever works best for you, figure it out and make sure you are spending time reading it every single day 
you will be amazed by how much it's gonna change your life. But you will notice sometimes that it's gonna challenge you, where it's gonna tell you something you don't like, that you don't wanna hear, that you don't wanna listen to. In those moments, you need to say, I can't pick and choose. It's all or nothing. This Bible is true, and I need to believe every single word out of it. I can't just pick and choose what I want to. And guys, as soon as you do that, I promise you, it will change your life. So I want to go ahead and bow your heads, close your eyes, and we'll just pray. Dear Jesus, we love you so much, and we just thank you for how much you love us, that you love us enough to give us this life manual, to give us this rule book to help us get through day-to-day life. I just pray um, that you will just give these kids a passion in their heart for your word, that they will just be able to dive into it and never look back, God, that you will just give them this overwhelming passion that will stir in their hearts, and that you will just give them the wisdom of what you want them to read, where you want them to start, and what you like them to do and how it will look like. We love you so much and we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.